Paul yet another turnover by Chris Paul. Who's must have done the drive? Wow. He does it at both ends. The steal and then the bucket. Welcome to the Loud Noises Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Haneke. It's been a bit of time since I did this, uh, mostly because it's just been the off-season still, and there's been weird things going on in our country, so I haven't been up in the mood for it, but uh, the Thunder has actually returned to action in the last week or so, uh, played a couple Spanish teams, um, so we're going to try to get this, get back in the swing of things here for the seat for the new season um to do that i'm bringing on a writer for welcome to loud city he does our five-day forecast he also just wrote a preview or he did a player preview for alex abrines um so his name is brandon jefferson brandon thanks for being here how you doing today i'm doing good chris thank you for having me on uh ready to talk all things alex abrines so (laughs) yeah let's go Let's start with him. I mean, like I said, we can kind of go all over the place because there's not much going on right now. Um, but we might as well start there because he's sort of – and we just talked really quickly before we started. But uh, I didn't watch – I don't. I didn't watch a second of these Spanish games um, just because I had other – I was working, didn't have a chance. I know you said you watched bits and pieces of it. But from what I gathered from kind of the post-game reactions and stuff, he actually looked pretty good. Your piece today pointed out how well he's shooting. Um, what – what do you think about him so far? I am completely head over heels in love with him so far. <laughs> is it because but, he's uh, dreamy looking? <laughs> it's so much because he's dreamy looking. <laughs> but in all seriousness, when he got drafted in 2013, this was, I think, coming off the year where Dabo had the you know big 3-and-D explosion and everything looked great in OKC. I think it might also be the year that Russ went down with his knee injury. I might be confusing years if I'm off. But uh, he, he was a symbol of hope for me. This I saw the guy, Fran Fraschilli, you know, he knows everything about international players. Went on and on talking about how this kid was next. You know, he was young at the time, but he'd be with FC Barcelona a couple more years and he'd come over. So the moment I heard his name called, it was just, this is the guy for me. And then I've been kind of following him, you know, slightly as he was overseas, still with FC Barcelona. Uh, every time it looked like he was going to get a break for the Spanish national team, he either got hurt or like the older guys would be like, you know what, we're going to play one more time. So he never really got the chance to sign on that stage. But to bring it back into the Real Madrid and the preseason games, he came in pretty early, actually, in the first game. I remembered my fate was, you know, Billy Donovan might pull a Scott Brooks and just sit him on the bench <laughs> yeah. and just say, you know, you can watch and learn. You know, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll get it eventually that kind of thing but uh i want to say he was like the second or third sub in the game and that really surprised me because okc doesn't have too many perimeter threats i know there's ursan Ilyasova and anthony Morrow. <laughs> i'm like i'm trying to think too it's like yeah who else is there no one really yeah it's really those two guys and then it's just you know a bunch of maybe so alex is already one of the three best shooters on the roster and so getting him out there with Russ and Vic, who like to you know slash and get into the lane, is definitely going to open him up for perimeter looks. And that's really what he's been doing well in the preseason. Um, against Real Madrid, he hit, I want to say, three straight or two straight threes in the final minutes that either you know extended the lead for the Thunder or got him the lead back. He actually took a charge, too, after he hit a 3-1 position. Nice. So I don't know if you saw it in like our email thread, but I immediately started showering him with love. I was like, Alex Abrinas is everything I thought he would be after watching three preseason plays. So yeah. I'm I'm all in on him already. But uh, definitely against Real Madrid, he looked great. I think he finished with 12 points. And then against uh, FC Barcelona, his former team, I think he only had six. But like I mentioned in my preview, he's shooting 80% from three, which, you know, it's not going to stay that way. But he's getting open looks, and if he's knocking down open looks, he's going to get some playing time this year. Yeah, and I mean, it's no secret that the 
Thunder needs three-point shooting. Like, we were both struggling to think of people. Um, but obviously the one guy we brought up was Moro, and you talked about Moro in the preview today because that is the other side of the three-and-deep aspect is the D side. Um, and Abrinas is small, and he's not really the most athletic, at least defensively, to keep up with guys who are going to be his position, like a Kevin Durant. Um, so do you see any hope there for him? Or, I mean, is that just going to be another Thunder guy that the Thunder just struggles on defense? I mean, they gave up. I know it's these games are hard to read into, but it was like, wasn't the final score of the Barcelona game like 142 to 137 or something? So... <laughs> My dog, my dog just freaked out. <laughs> hey. uh, but yeah, um, what do you think about his defense? I think his defense right now is already, you know, more passable than anything we've seen from Anthony Morrow throughout his whole career. But with that being said, he's still a negative on that end right now. Like you mentioned before, he doesn't have the athleticism. He's not really laterally quick. So it's hard for him to, you know, keep a player of a Kevin Durant's nature or Kawhi Leonard, you know, someone who's real shifty and good attacking off the dribble from getting to the lane whenever they want to. But what he does have is he's a little bit of a sneaky athletic type of player. If you watch some of his, like, YouTube highlights, I know you can't, you know, tell everything about a guy from YouTube highlights because <laughs> to make them look great. But he had a couple plays, and he's, you know, an FC Barcelona where he would attack the rim, and then he would just rise up over somebody. So he's 6'6". It's a decent size for a wing. I'm hoping he doesn't really get pigeonholed into that small forward kind of role, even though when he said he came over basically because KD left and that opened up minutes. So I don't know if he envisions himself in a small forward (laughs) spot. But, uh, you know, the NBA is going positionless basketball. So if he can shoot and at least, you know, keep a guy in front of him when need be, he'll definitely get a lot of time because, like I keep saying, this kid can shoot. Like, yeah, There's not too many people who have the type of pure shooting shot that, that he has and he has shown over his career. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I, I would like to watch him more. Uh, hopefully these pre- these preseason games are actually easier to watch. I love that the preseason's like so hard to watch in the NBA. <laughs> you pay $200 for a league pass and you can't watch a preseason game. But um, who else? I mean, did anyone else stand out for you in preseason? I know some of the other ones, I, some of the other stuff I was reading. Again, I mostly follow Thunder Twitter, so these are very biased review, uh, viewpoints. But I think Andre Roberson was getting some some love as well. Did he look good to you? I didn't see too much of okay. Roberson. Um, like I said, we were talking before. I didn't see the beginnings. I saw more oh. of the, like endings. So I think Roberson and Russ were really getting their minutes to start games, and I think like in the third quarter for a little bit. Um, I haven't seen too much. I think though with Roberson. If he does move up to small forward and they start Vic, I think that actually might be like the perfect spot for him right now because right. they use him like they were using him in the Golden State series where he can be a pick and roll type of person or he can just kind of roam freely and find open spots as the defense is more focused and shifted toward Russ and Vic. So if he can even, you know, just have the confidence to take some of the open threes he's going to get this year, it's going to be a whole different season for him. Yeah. Um, and then you mentioned Oladipo too, and he's another one that obviously people are looking forward to seeing how he works with Russ. I I know the highlight I saw was his awesome posterizing dunk. Uh, oh, that was, was good. that was insane, <laughs> and it was, was kind of like so. Obviously, he's more athletic than I think even I realize. Um, but what do we think about him in terms of his fit with this team? It looks like it's going well so far, right? I agree. I definitely think it's going well. He's fitting in. Um... Like everyone was mentioning when the trade first happened, uh, backcourt featuring him and Russ is going to be great to watch and terrifying to defend. <laughs> but um, the Real Madrid game, I didn't really like too much. He did finish with, I want to say, like 34, 35 points or something like that and was the high score for the team. But it looked a lot forced. And I know this was the first time they really got to play together and him and Cantor got heavy minutes. But watching the game, it almost kind of looked like a replay of game six where they kind of just gave someone the ball and said okay go win the game for us or go score kind of thing there was a lot of standing around at times so I think there's still some things to iron out with his fit but if him and Russ share the court a lot I definitely think it's going to be a plus for the Thunder yeah um, 
I'm I'm excited about those two. I think that's kind of you know like I mentioned at the beginning, it's been kind of like I I still don't totally know what to what I'm expecting for this season, and I think like this off season has just been kind of between the Kevin Durant leaving, and then that we just have this crazy election that like has just put a damper on the whole world it's just kind of like it's just been hard to just really get in the mindset to be like okay let's go watch the thunder and root for that for so long so I'm, I'm just kind of like still wrapping my mind around how I feel about um this team but I do think that's probably what I'm most looking forward to is just those two doing crazy athletic things um but just kind of expanding the conversation beyond the thunder um into kind of I guess just preseason as a whole like what how much should we read into preseason because obviously the Warriors are the team that everyone's going to measure. And they had that first game where they, they lost and everything was like, Oh, they don't, you know, they have to take some time to mesh. And then the second game, they looked like the most dominant force in the world. And they beat the Clippers. Like who were, they were both playing like relatively similar lineups to what they'd really play. Um, and the Warriors just stomped all over them. So it's like, how much do we read into the preseason and how like, can we gauge anything from it? I think there's some things you can gauge, but, it's not one overall thing that you can just put a blanket statement on. It's going to change team to team, game to game. Like you said, that second game where the Warriors look like the Monstars. Was, <laughs> I think they were. Yeah. They might have blown out the Monstars. <laughs> the, uh, it's getting one-sided scoreboard up there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that game, I read a lot into that one, actually, even though there's not going to be many nights where, you know, Clay and KD are both going off like that. Just the fact that that threat is there alone is going to be something that teams are going to have to look out for and watch out for. And if they do let them get hard, get started in any way, we see how quickly it can get out of hand. But uh, to turn this back to the Thunder, I don't think those first two games in Spain are really much to read into. It's nice to see Abrinas contribute when called upon. It's nice to see Sabonis look like a grown man at the age of 18 or 19. Yeah, and he's, it's, he's another one that I was heard good things about that obviously I didn't watch, but I think he might be getting a lot of time as well. I agree. I definitely think he's the clear favorite to start at the power forward as it is now. But like I said, you can't read too much into these games because it looked more like Billy Donovan and the staff kind of said, this is really just, you know, a glorified scrimmage for them. They want to get people in and out. Russ, I think, only played like 15 or 20 minutes in both games. So it wasn't a look at what we're going to see during the regular season from the Thunder. But I think starting from the game tomorrow or whenever this is posted, the Dallas Mavericks game, which is on the 11th, starting from then on, we're going to get a a good look at what Billy and the team really think they can do this year. Yeah, Um Okay. <laughs> uh, let's get into, I mean, I kind of just want to do some predictions and stuff now too then because it's the beginning of the season. That's the fun stuff that we like to look into. So uh, the first one, I don't know if you, I don't know if you look at much of these like over under things um, that came out, but they had the over unders for all the teams and the thunders over under for the season was 45 and a half. Uh, would you go over under on that? For wins. For wins, I would go over on that. I think this is a team that at its best can get to the low 50s of wins, and that's if, you know, the season of Russ's Scorch Earth tour comes true as everyone is hoping and expecting to see from him. (laughs) But I think this is a team, they'll be in that range. That's a good number. I try to stay away from betting because even when I think I'm like, guaranteed to get it right something weird always happens and changes it so that's why i stay in my five-day forecast zone where <laughs> yeah i'm not really risking money but you it's know harmless weather forecast right <laughs> yes yes it's just harmless you know the uh weathermen don't, weather people don't even get it right more than like 30 <laughs> yeah five, so. yeah I, i've been uh i've been doing really well on like football picks this year but i haven't wagered like any actual money and i know the second I actually put real money on it i'm just gonna like forget and I'm going to lose everything. So I'm like, I'm good. I'll just keep telling people I'm good at picking and then not actually wager anything. Um, yeah, for them, I mean, I don't know. That's, that is a good number. And I think that my first reaction was that seems really low since, you know, they obviously won 55 last year and that even the year that, you know, when Durant, everyone likes to reference the year Durant and stuff was out, they won 48. But I mean, he also played a good amount of games that year and they just, I don't know. I mean, I think they didn't have the shock of what's going on this year, but I do think that um, 
Westbrook is good enough to lead them to, you know, at least a playoff spot, which I think it's going to take right around at least 45 wins to get there. Although who knows with the West? I mean, it's kind of weird this year. Um, but I, I could also see it go the other way where like things just don't go well. And all of a sudden the Thunder is like struggling to get 40 wins. And then we're like, well, this is the worst year ever. So um, I would take the over two, but I, again, I, that's me like not putting real money on it. So, um, and then, so we talked about Russ, obviously he's, I think he's the favorite to an MVP right now. I, I haven't looked at the actual odds for that, but I want to say he's one of the favorites. Um, do you think he, would you say Westbrook MVP? Yes or no? I'm going to go with no. I know I just basically said they might win 50 games, but I don't think they're going to hit a win total where it's going to be enough to get him the votes he needs. Now, if he gets 47 wins and is almost averaging a triple double, I think they, you know, walk the trophy down to Oklahoma city for him. But (laughs) Anything outside of that, I don't really see him winning it. Um, I don't know if you listen to the True Who pod. That's one of my favorite ones. I was listening to it earlier. They brought up a good point that a lot of people aren't really talking about the Spurs now because Tim Duncan's gone, but they're one of the most solid, consistent teams. And if they get to the 50-55 win level and Kawhi Leonard has a season relatively close to what he did last year, I think he might end up getting the trophy this season. Yeah. I'm not big on Kawhi. <laughs> I don't. I'm so not, the, yeah, the thing is, like, I'm. I think he's a great player. It just bugs me that like the narrative last year was that oh Kawhi is taking this leap, and like I don't know, he was fine. I, I think Westbrook had a better year than he had. I think other. I think Durant had a better year than he had. Like it just bugged me that he was the second place guy all year, and it was kind of like just this preordained narrative. And I guess that gets into like you were saying the win totals. The Spurs won 67 games, and I guess you have to reward somebody for that. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I agree with you on uh, Kawhi. I wasn't the biggest fan. I respected his game. He's a hell of a defender. Um, yeah. If I, if I want to stop somebody, I'm telling Kawhi to go out there and guard him. But I agree with you. It's always seemed like preordained in a sense. This whole storyline, even when he got the finals MVP, I was kind of like, yeah, but. <laughs> so, but that's been the thing with the Spurs, really. Like, besides Tim Duncan, it's really been like, okay, we have this megastar here and if we fill in these pieces around him they're all capable of you know doing their job and if you pay too much attention to tim this guy's going to kill you so now Kawhi is really that tim now so all the success well not all the success but any success they do have we can kind of you know start pointing to like well maybe it's because Kawhi is doing this right. or Kawhi started doing this now so because I don't think Lamarcus Aldridge or and I think Tony Parker's past his power and Manu is probably limping to the finish line of his career now too. So I think really this is the year we'll see what Kawhi truly is. Yeah, and I think in some ways the Thunder kind of put that on display last year when it was kinda of like, Okay, Kawhi, like here's your series, you're gonna you can beat us and he did for like the first two games. I mean Lamarcus Aldridge did too, but and then it just kind of became – I mean, Kawhi's series was not very good. And I think that, you know, if a guy like Durant – well, no, they wouldn't because people don't criticize Durant for his bad games. But if Westbrook <laughs> had a series like that, like people would have been up in arms like, oh, my God, look how look how he just didn't carry his team. And obviously that's going to happen a lot to Westbrook this year. But um, the Spurs are another team. That, I mean, I know like it's like a thing now – or it's not a thing, but it's like – every year it seems like we're going, okay, this is the year they finally come back to earth, but it, it never happens. And it's like, obviously now with Duncan gone. And I think what you said, I mean, yeah, Kawhi could, it really comes down to Kawhi. Cause if he's not like really great, there's a chance that they're like not very good either. And all of a sudden that 50 wins is like a struggle for them as well. So, I mean, obviously they're the Spurs and that probably won't happen because they have Popovich and they'll probably win 60 games and they'll be the two seed or the one seed. And <laughs> this is all for nothing, but I just, I, it, it is interesting that this is the first year where I think there is that question of what if it actually is the end for them, um, at least till the next stage. But I don't know. As far as the getting back to the Westbrook thing, though, I agree with you. I think it was like the popular pick right away, like, oh, my God, he's going to dominate the world, and everyone's going back to that season when uh, he kind of went on that stretch. Really, that stretch he had was pretty much a month. I think he averaged a triple double for like a month, but I don't. I think for him, he, it's about pacing himself for a whole year, and I don't think he's going to be coming out and like going for twenty five and 
11 and 10 or whatever. I think they'd obviously love that, but I think he'll, he'll be more around like the 25, 8 and 7 type thing, which LeBron does, which is still good. And I mean, if if they win 50 games and they surprise everybody, I think he probably is right up there as an MVP candidate. But I think there's just so many other guys that – so I would say no as well, but I would love nothing more than for him to win and to like say you the real MVP to somebody. To his that would to, be. to Reynard. <laughs> Um, uh, I'm just kind of making up random bets right now. Uh, so I just came up with one and it's annoying because it's going to have the Warriors involved, but whatever, they're the biggest story in the NBA. So we're going to do it. But would you say half a win, uh, or one win more or less, let's go one and a half for the Thunder winning over the Warriors this year. Do you think that, Mm. would you say, yeah, more or less than one. They play three times this year, correct? Is or it is it three four or four? I don't even know. I don't remember. I know it was three last year because everyone's making a big deal. Yeah, I deal thought it was it. four this year. I thought it was like the first two are away and then they have two home. If it's four, I'm going to say yes because I really think the Warriors are going to go with a whole Spurs type of rest situation, especially, you know, in the second half of the season. They're going to sit like Clay or Draymond or Kevin or Steph game, even maybe sit two of them a game or so. So if I know there's a February game that's going to be the biggest game of the season. And I think if they meet again in the second half of the year, they'll definitely catch them one of those two times. And then, of course, if I'm saying over one and a half, they'll have to catch them one, <laughs> one time to be. So I think, I think, those are the games that you're really going to see, you know, the vengeful, mad at the world, Russ, and that can yeah. either go really well for OKC or it can go really, really poorly. Um, yeah. We keep referencing that season when Kevin Durant was out. Down the stretch, they had a game against the Pacers. It looked like a very winnable game. Russ, I wanted to say, finished with like 40 points, you know, triple-double stats, 13 rebounds, 12 assists, something like that. But they lost the game, and you could tell it was because Russ was really trying to force the issue and – trying to do a little bit too much. So if he gets caught up in those kind of things, it will be bad for the Thunder. But I think he's really going to try and show this year that he is more of a complete player because he doesn't want the no, – no, the storyline is going to be basically if Kevin Durant's doing well, it's, oh, he finally has a pure pass force print guard that we've been complaining as a world that he needs since he came into the league. <laughs> so I don't think Russ wants to get caught up in that. I think Russ more wants to say, this is my team. I can do it, and I can do it my way but I'm not going to be out of control. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and I think uh, kind of just going back to last year, it's like, it's hard to really, I don't know. I just am at the point now where I don't really read too much in the regular season games, which also diminishes enjoying the regular season a little bit. But like you look <laughs> at last year, I mean, the thunder looked like they had no shot of beating the warriors. Then they get to that series and they basically looked like, Oh yeah, we're the better team. And then they just have, obviously they blew it at the end. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think, it's so fluky that I would think they could win, but I almost go the other way on it where like, yeah, the Warriors could be resting people, but I almost would just like, like to see Donovan kind of pull and say, you know what, Russ, like you're not playing this game. Let's wait till we get to a playoff series and then you can play against them um, and do it that way. But although at this point, the Thunder might not have another point guard to <laughs> play. So he might have to play just out of like for that sheer fact. Um Speaking of that, have they have weird any news on that? Like, is it still we're just rolling with Ronnie Price? Uh, Ronnie Price and Samaj Christian, I think, are oh, the two geez. and three now. Because Samaj is, I don't know if his contract is fully guaranteed. I know it's a multi-year deal, and they really like him, so I think he sticks around. But um, he hasn't beaten out Ronnie yet, so that kind of says enough about him yeah. that we need to know. Uh, speaking of the point guard thing, I'm kind of worried that the whole campaign foot surgery foot injury thing is starting to play out like Kevin Durant's injury oh yeah (laughs) because it was at first it was like okay he needs surgery he'll be back then he came back and tweaked it and they're like oh he might need surgery again then they came out a couple days later like you know what we're gonna just wait and see how it heals and then the next step, of course, is a second surgery, and then he'll come back and then re-injure it, and then it's a third surgery, and then it's like, you know what? We can just shut him down again, which is all, all – that's all I'm expecting from campaign this season, and I love him so dearly. He's yeah. my second second crush on <laughs> a brief. So I like him too, but at the same time, it's kind of like – I don't know. I mean, like, 
I don't know if he was going to do that much for them. I guess he was a good spark in terms of scoring here and there, but I think he's just such a small guy that, he, that I don't know if he would have done enough to really carry that second unit regardless. Um, but, I mean, I don't he's think also he young, and <laughs> he's got plenty of room to yeah, grow. He definitely does. I don't think he would have been carrying the second unit, but uh, this goes back to my critique of Oladipo in the Real Madrid game. It just looked like they needed a second guy out there who could, you know, run the offense yeah. or – get a basket so i think that was more of the role they were envisioning for him if he got up to like eight nine points a game like three assists in 20 25 minutes i think that probably would have been the best we would have gotten out of him especially now with westbrook and oladipo taking more of the scoring punch and the ball handling duties but i just think like you said ronnie Pri- well not like you said like i've been thinking <laughs> ronnie price ronnie price is not the guy you really want to you know hand the keys over to yeah I think part of that is the fact that his name is Ronnie Price. Like, it just is way too generic of a name. Like, campaign sounds like a guy you want to ride with. And it's like, I'm going to go with Ronnie Price. Eh, not exciting. Um, and also, what's the, like, <laughs> do our foot surgeons get any, like, repercussions for kind of botching two? I don't know if they botched it, but it just seems like we've had two Jones fractures and they've both been, they've both struggled to meet the time frame to return. Yeah, that's that's a red flag if I've ever seen one. So I don't know what's going on there, what kind of, you know, fire and brimstone same press you can bring down <laughs> upon them, but uh, you definitely need to look into that soon. Yeah. Um, I don't really have any other predictions right now. <laughs> I didn't really look too much up. I don't – I mean – what can I mean, you're the forecaster guy. Is there anything you're like looking forward to um, that we haven't discussed yet? Here, uh, I'll give you one actually before you get into uh, it. Uh, go for it. I don't have a number, but I just like Steven Adams. I think here, here's one I'll do over under one all star for the Thunder because I think I think Steven Adams has a chance to be like an all star center. I think, first of all, he's a really likable guy, he's hilarious, so that like would get him votes to begin with. But I, I tell people this and like. I'm going to say it here and it might be crazy, but I really think he's like the best center in basketball in terms of like, I don't think anyone plays that position with as many skills as he does. He can catch and he can play defense and he's like athletic enough to guard multiple positions. Obviously in the small NBA, there's plenty of guys who play it like Draymond green and stuff like that. that can play center and play it better that I would take. But it's like, if you're talking about pure centers, I, I don't know anyone else in the league that I'd take over Steven Adams. And I think this is really a year for him to kind of, blossom even more he blossomed in the playoffs and everyone kind of saw it a little bit but i think over the course of a season now he could really kind of set foot so i would say over under i think he could be an all-star and i'm gonna say he will be an all-star we've really been on the same wavelength i actually kind of put that same sort of thing into the next forecast piece that i did oh, yeah. so uh, i'm gonna have to disagree with you however though i think they only get one in this year I love Steven, and like you said, he's definitely someone who's lovable and who fans will like and enjoy. I just don't know if he can put up the offensive numbers that would get him yeah, in. I agree. And, and then I don't think the coaches will vote him in. I know coaches will respect him and value what he does, but if I'm envisioning right now like 12 or 13 a game with maybe like 11 rebounds and a block, yeah. which are Not very solid enough. numbers. But, yeah, like you said, not sexy enough to get him the fan votes or the coach votes either. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's the other one I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah, and I guess the last – here's another one. Sabonis is, I think, uh, now that Ben Simmons is out, they got, like, Rick of the Year odds. I think Sabonis was, like, fourth or fifth favorite to win. and that, That's, like, an outside chance because he's going to start, like you said, most likely, and he's got a chance to kind of do some things for – for a team that can contend. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see him from what I, the few highlights I saw, it looks like he has like, he's just solid inside, which thunder has, it's kind of weird. I mean, they're basically in 2016, they've gone, they're like a throwback. Oh, four Pistons team where they're just going to like work you inside. Um, except they can't play defense. So <laughs> they're not totally <laughs> like the Pistons, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Have you, did you see any of Sabonis? I am high on Sabonis. Like I said, I definitely think he has the starting spot locked down as of now. Um, I don't know if I could go all the way in yet and say he'll get rookie of the year. I'll definitely guarantee he'll make a all-rookie team. I'm 100% confident about that. 
as far as rookie of the year, I definitely was on the Simmons bandwagon just because Philly would give him the most opportunity and shots and things like that. But um, Buddy Hield has looked really good in the preseason after looking really bad in summer league. And I think with Tyreek Evans and Drew Holiday both missing time, Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson both being on the Rockets now, he's definitely going to get his chance to, you know, be Buddy Bucket. So if he <laughs> if he keeps his performance on par the way it's been in the preseason, I definitely think he's could wrap the award up. Yeah, I'm looking at I found some weird site that has some odds. I don't know how up to date these are though. Yeah, it's Buddy Hill's a favorite. Chris Dunn, oh yeah, Minnesota. He's another one. Joel Embiid. Yeah, they got some good people. <laughs> you know what? Okay. Right. I, yeah, I don't know if Sabonis will be that high up. <laughs> who knows? Maybe he'll go 15 points or something. Um, that's kind of all I have Thunder-wise. Uh, anything else we're missing with the Thunder? I want to get into our off-topic 10 that I like to do. Uh, season. That's true. Um. I can't really think of anything else Thunder related. I do want to throw out Joel Embiid uh, <laughs> stuff right now. You just made me I excited. His name. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned his name and it came up. Um, he's looked great in the you know twelve minutes since that he's been getting. But I was I've been saying to people I don't think the NBA has seen a player with the combination of size, shooting ability, athleticism that Embiid brings. Because, you know, he's legit like 7'2", 7'3". I don't know if you saw the picture. There's like a picture of him bending over like at the waist just to talk to Brett Brown. And <laughs> it's hilarious to me. It reminds me of like the Bobin, Stan Van Gundy press conference picture. Yeah. Uh, do you think he runs his Twitter account? Like he's too good at Twitter, I feel like. He's way too good at Twitter. <laughs> Like, ever since he decided to declare for the draft, his Twitter has been a must-read for me. Yeah. Um, My thing he, is, like, he either, he either does it or he's so smart that he found somebody who's so smart to run it for him. That it's like, either way, he deserves a ton of credit for it. Exactly. Either way, he should win, like, whatever the award is, the Webby or whatever it's called. Yeah. Best just consistently walk away with that every year. But um, I'm going to give him – I'm going to give him his credits and props. and I think he does it. I really love that he's buying into the whole – process stuff that everyone's been mocking the team for he wants to change his nickname now to the process he always yeah. you know randomly shouts out sam hinky and things like that so <laughs> he's, he's an endearing person and his twitter account and social media definitely make you want him to succeed even more he's, so he's kind of encroaching on steven adams corner though as like the likable goofball so i don't like him i don't know if i'm ready for it <laughs> So that's Steven Adams game. Yeah, I like to see Steven Adams kind of lay him out one time. That'd be a, that'd be a nice little fight in the opening in the, night, man. We got it. Yeah. We got it going. Yeah, there we go. Let them tussle. Yeah. Um, well, here before we get in the off topic, what what's your story with the Thunder? By the way, I don't know if I know any of this. I like to get kind of the background of people. So, are, have you been a Thunder fan for a long time, or? All right. So to jump into this. <laughs> <laughs> I was I'm a nineties baby, so of course growing up Michael was my guy. Michael was basketball, that's how I got into it. And then Michael was gone and I'm still like eight or ten, so I don't really have a team. I never really liked the Bulls. But you know, I was just, you know, a Michael fan. Yeah. So then Tracy McGrady comes along and steals my heart away. So I follow Tracy around, Orlando, Houston, you know, even give him some love when he's on the Spurs and finally gets out the first round. But um, Kevin Durant was always someone I was a big fan of, huge fan of. Even his time as Texas, I watched like every game. So the moment he came in the league, I was like, all right, this is my guy. Wherever he goes, that's where I'm at for the rest of my life. And then he landed in OKC. (laughs) OKC built it up. They were a perennial contender. I was like, this is perfect. This team is going to be great forever. Uh, (laughs) He says he wants to stay forever. Yep, he says, retire my jersey here. I want to come back and induct Russ into the Hall of Fame, all that, you know, good noise. And what happened was I've been rooting for KD so long I became a Thunder fan in that pursuit. So those eight, nine years in OKC, I love, you know, how the community came out and supported the team, the crowds I would see on TV. I'm I'm from Jersey, so I've never been to Oklahoma City, but – you know, the crowds I would see and the games and the atmosphere, you know, the college type of thing and all that. I just really loved it. Like, I was saying, Kevin Durant was my favorite. James Harden was my second favorite. Of course, now they're both gone. But, 
Yeah. I I definitely love everything about the Thunder. I think it's a great thing what they're doing for the state of Oklahoma and for the town of OKC and I'm sticking with them. I'm not leaving with KD. I'm going to wish him well. Yeah. And, you know, if he gets his ring, great for him. If he doesn't, great for us. But, so you're, you're uh, wishing him well. I, I don't think – so I'm the same way. I kind of – I jumped on back in the day with Durant too. And then like you said, I kind of – I started to like Russ. Like that – my dog you heard bark earlier. That's Russell, my dog. He's a, So I became <laughs> like a Russell guy. Um, and it just sort of went from there. And Like you said though, I think – it's crazy because I've never been to OKC either, but you almost feel like, I mean, we interact with a lot of people who live there in our in our email group, but then also just kind of on OKC Twitter, like you do have like a vibe for what it's like there. And it just seems like a, a place that really embraces the team. And I respect the hell out of that. And it's like, um, so I'm the same way, but I think I got to the point so much where like with Duran, it's like, I don't want to see him do well. I hate him so much now. <laughs> it's like, I hope he never gets his ring. I hope Westbrook gets a ring and he throws it in his face. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's interesting. I'm, yeah, I just I like to hear that because I'm always just like, I'm curious how people get into the Thunder because I know I'm a I'm a bandwagon jumper too. But it's like, you know, when you don't have a team your whole life, sooner or later you got to pick a team. Gotta, so. Exactly, you got to you got to settle down. So yeah, I, I dropped on bended knee. <laughs> All right, good enough. Um, let's do this off topic ten, and for some more fun. Uh, Number one, what is the last movie you watched? I just saw A Birth of a Nation on Friday, so that is number one. If I hadn't gone see that on Friday, we probably would have been waiting a long time for me to give you another. <laughs> nice. What's your What's your five second review? Uh, I like it. It's not the greatest story. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Concussion. No, um, I didn't see that. I yeah, didn't want to watch really... Will Smith with his accent. I didn't do it. <laughs> The accent is probably the greatest thing about the movie, but um, <laughs> those two films, I think, you know, the story around them needed to be told. It's something, you know, we yeah. need to learn from and about, but I think they work better as documentaries as opposed to full-length feature films, but it's a good thing that they're out there, so, you know. You want to you know why I won't see Birth of, a Late, Birth of a Nation? Why? Because Kevin Durant tweeted that he saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to support oh, anything oh. he supports. Um, number two what is your guilty pleasure tv show hmm. i'm trying to think I, I watch a bunch of tv you know it's probably terrible for me uh kids oh, go watch, out play 60 i care do more all about that TV stuff. than anything really <laughs> um <laughs> that's not true if i care about food and then tv <laughs> that's a better order yeah i'm trying to think of guilty pleasure. guilty pleasure i'm trying to think you know it's like bad tv that you uh-huh. need to watch yeah, like I'll give you like one I've been watching, but I actually had to stop because it was like too guilty. Was uh, Robin China? <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was so bad. And like I watched Kardashians, I like Kardashians, whatever. I don't, I don't even think that's like that. It's almost like mainstream. I don't know. Maybe it's not. But <laughs> I don't know. I'm guilty by association. My girlfriend loves you know all the Kardashian shows, yeah. Real Housewives shows. I don't try to watch them as much, but they're usually on in the background. So I'll take that. <laughs> From you, um, the show I love and have to watch like every week when they come on is New Girl on Fox. Love that. That show, that show is amazing to me. I, I'm not going to call it my guilty pleasure because I just think it's a great show. Yeah. But to answer the question, well, I'll throw out New Girl. Yeah, uh, Nick Miller is my favorite character. Like on <laughs> Nick TV, is amazing. Yeah. Have you seen? I'm, I'm not trying to get us too far off topic. Have you seen the? Did you see the one from last Tuesday? Uh, yes, I did. Oh I'm my god! I remember. I can't even. Yeah. Nick, he finally wrote a novel, and everyone oh, yeah, loves yeah, 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 yeah. He like he like doesn't know what to do with himself because he's now a writer. Yeah, it's, I just like that actor. He I like things he's in. I know he's like a big Cubs fan too. But he, uh, I don't know, I like him. Jo- What's his name? Uh, I forgot his name. Uh, Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson. Yeah, Jake Johnson. That's what it is. I almost called him Josh Johnson, but that's the that's uh, <laughs> Charlie Conway from the Ducks. Joshua. Yeah. That's Joshua Jackson. All right, now I'm just totally off track here. <laughs> Uh, number three, my favorite question. If you were going to die tomorrow, what would be your last meal? Hmm. Is it entree dessert or just It's your last meal. You get to do whatever you want. All right. You're going to die. It's the last thing you're going to eat, so. (laughs) You're being put to death. Just pick food. Um, for an appetizer, I'm going to do... Uh, I'm gonna do Cheddar Bay biscuits from Red Lobster. That's I don't awesome. know if that technically te- counts as appetizer, um, but that's I'm putting definitely it in an appetizer. Anyway. Okay, so they that's, s- that's they sell those in the store, by the way. 
and I make I them know. sometimes, and they're still like relatively good, but that's not as good as when you're actually there. No, you can't replicate it, but it's it's a good, it's almost as good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Cheddar Bay Biscuits for my meal. Everyone always makes fun of me, but on my birthday, I will go out to eat, and for the past, I want to say about, what am I, 25 now, uh, 12, 13 years, I go to Outback Steakhouse every oh, time. Man. And I get the same meal. I get the Alice Springs chicken and with a loaded baked potato. So if I'm going to die, you know, I think I'll, I think I'll go with that. <laughs> Live with your that. birthday. Nice. Are you going to throw a dessert in there too? I'm going to throw a dessert in there too. I like this. You planned out a whole last meal. That's smart. I always just pick like one entree and I'm like, I'm stupid. Now I'm going to die hungry. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll never be full again. Yeah. Um. Oh God, this is a tough one. I am obsessed and probably on the borderline addicted to chocolate so uh (laughs) picking just one chocolate item will probably cause me to die (laughs) so i'm just gonna say i'll go with uh i had an oreo cheesecake from the cheesecake factory nice was amazing so (laughs) i'll put that on there the cheesecake factory is like the nba's favorite restaurant by the way (laughs) <laughs> I remember I read a thing one year about that. It was like NBA players love it because I guess the booths are larger and like they're big people. So they right. have more yeah, and I always think of that. So it's like and I remember there was a time like I remember with the Thunder, there was when Perkins was there, they'd always be at the Cheesecake Factory after the games. I just thought that was funny anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um number 4, what is your cocktail of choice? Uh I'll go to Shirley Temple. Nice. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've been drinking those for years. So the Shirley Temple, I like it. Uh, number five, hot dogs or hamburgers? Hamburgers. Solid. Number six, city in America that you have visited that you most want to go back to. Ooh, this is a good one. <laughs> um. San Diego, California. It Excellent. is absolutely perfect out there. It never gets hotter than 80, never gets colder than 75, and the sun seems to always be out. So that's that's paradise. Yeah, you're preaching to me, man. I went to college there, and then I lived there for six years. So okay. <laughs> I don't yeah, know why I left, but uh, I did leave. <laughs> and so I just went back two weeks ago. Okay. Very yeah, nice. So that inspired my California burrito column. <laughs> one day. Um, number seven, city in America that you have not visited that you would most like to visit. I really want to go to Houston, Texas. I want to go to Texas in general. Um, okay. So I just think Houston is a place that I can I can get get down with. Is it because James Harden's there and he used to be your favorite Thunder player? <laughs> that that probably is self consciously uh, subconsciously why I say that. So. Uh, I I went there I was like 13 though so I didn't fully get like I travel differently now than when I was with my family so it's like I I liked it enough like because I'm an Astros fan my sports fandom is very weird but I'm an Astros I'm an Astros fan we went for the the all-star game in like 2004 whenever I think that was when it was and uh, I liked the stadium the city was cool it was fine um (laughs) I liked Austin more when I went. But anyway, Texas is cool. Yeah, I was going to say Austin, but then I didn't want to bring up KD again. So I said, you know what? <laughs> He's tainted everything for us, really. <laughs> yeah. My, um, number eight, favorite zoo animal. Ooh, these are all great ones. <laughs> I wish I had thought about it more before. I know. Usually I send them uh, ahead of time, but I forgot to send them to you ahead of time. So. Oh, no, it's perfectly fine. And the um, worst part's going to be when you finish and you're going to be like, Oh, I wish I said this instead. Right. I'm just gonna email you afterwards and be like, yeah. uh, can we be recorded and say this this? Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh favorite zoo animal. I guess I'll have to say lion. I didn't you know, they're usually lazy choice. enough at the zoo, but they're still, you know, something to behold even when they're just sunbathing or yawning at you. Yeah. They're also scary as hell. <laughs> I watched I watched the Jungle Book this weekend, the live action one. So, oh, I there I, lions in that though. I think it was a tiger. Yeah, it was I, a tiger. Uh, yeah, the villain was a tiger. I think there might have been like a no. I don't a think lions were yeah, I don't think there was a lion. I thought there was, but then I realized it was a tiger. 
it was it was yeah. Stringer Bell that was the tiger. So <laughs> I was all in on that one. Uh, number nine, favorite sport to follow besides basketball? Football. And NFL or college? Uh, NFL. College football is kind of letting me down this year. I'm a Florida State fan. Like you were saying before, my fandom is all around. Oh, nice. You know, being from New Jersey, there aren't too many great teams to really root for. So You have Rutgers who just got shut out 78 to nothing, right? Yeah, that's, you know, Go State University of New Jersey. So. <laughs> Who's your NFL team, the Jets? No, 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 no. Okay, flu. The Patriots, actually. Oh, that's That's another funny story. Um, We have a pool that we do in my house for, like, the NFL playoffs. So you would, you know, pick who you think will win and all that. And if you win, you got, you know, the reward of being the smartest sports member of the family. And the first time I ever won it was the Patriots' first Super Bowl year. And I stuck with them ever since then. I was so happy that I finally, you know, won. I'm the youngest in my family. So I was like, <laughs> finally, mean, I did something great. Yeah. You, you mean when they stole the Rams plays the game yeah, the that, night before? That, that one. one. Okay, cool. Practice, <laughs> all that good stuff. Yeah. I lived in, I grew up in St. Louis and I lived in St. Louis at the time. They're the only, uh, St. Louis, they're the only St. Louis team I still root for. Well, I mean, now they're not even in St. Louis. And I don't even really root for them anymore because I just kind of got over them. But uh, yeah. yeah, that was the that was the only team I ever rooted for that like won a championship. So I'm pretty bad at picking sports teams, is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> um, and then number ten, I should I didn't say this ahead of time, so I'm putting you on the spot. But it's it's you have to ask me a question and then you have to answer it too. So Ooh. I'll give you a second. I I can edit out the awkward pause if you need to think about it. <laughs> okay, let's see. No, nah, I don't want to do that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was going to be like, is a hot dog a sandwich? But I was like, no, that's... Uh, <laughs> oh, that's okay, that's much. good. At least I was like, let's keep it like PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is going to be so hard now because I had... The hot dog sandwich thing is going to just stick in my head, but I don't want to <laughs> ask you that one. I still don't know my answer on that, by the way, so I'm glad you didn't. I go back and forth <laughs> every day. <laughs> you can be persuaded either way. Yeah. Uh, I hear. I like to hear both sides. I need a third-party <laughs> candidate on that. <laughs> Hot dog sandwich or other. Yeah. Other or, or Gary Johnson. <laughs> there we go. We'll do a little uh, softball of a question. Who's your favorite athlete of all time? Oh, man, that's a good one. Pro- it's probably Russell Westbrook. Honestly, at this point, like how much I. <laughs> I got named my dog after him, like I said. Um, I I had a phase where, I, like, not that I like got over it. It just kind of started. You know, it's hard to follow him when he was old. But Muhammad Ali, just because I growing up, kind of like reading about him, I wrote like a term paper on him in eighth grade, and just really like wished I lived in that era, because um, <laughs> that would have been awesome. So yeah, I'd say Westbrook and Muhammad Ali are the two, and then my third one is. Uh, I'm giving you a list because I whatever. Because <laughs> my other one that was like when I was a kid was uh, Jeff Bagwell. I don't know if you remember him from oh, the Astros. He I was my do. dude. Yeah, he was kind of the reason I started liking the Astros. So I like I said I grew up in St. Louis and I just like I tell people it's because I didn't like Cardinals fans, but really this was after the fact that I started to hate Cardinals fans. But really like my whole family, <laughs> my whole family's Cardinals fans, and I just wanted to be different. So I was like, right. I, don't, I don't want to root for the Cardinals. Uh, so I'm going to find a new team. And it just so happened that the Cardinals fans became like everyone's least favorite fan base. So it was an easy segue for me. But yeah, so I just liked the Astros. And it was because I love Bagwell. He had that sweet stance. And I, my password, like logging into my first AIM account was like Bagwell5 or something like that. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Bagwell or Rustbrook would be my two. And then Ali on a grander scale. What's your answer? Okay. Uh, just funny story. One of my best friends growing up, his uh, I think his AIM screen name was like Jeff Bagwell Rocks or something like that. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm gonna confess to you at mine. I was I didn't want to tell you this, but whatever, I'll tell you anyway. My my screen name was Chris Bags. Nice. Because his nickname was Bags. Whatever. And like when I played, when I played uh, little league, the one coach would just call me that. So I was like, ah, I can't believe I just confessed to my AIM screen name. That should be my one of my ten questions, by the way. Just really that embarrass definitely. people. <laughs> your yeah. Name? yeah. Uh, just throw out my screen name. It was BLJ, which are my three initials, aka B dot. That's my nickname. And then thirty three was my favorite number at the time. So I'll embarrass myself with you. You were just BLJ thirty three. That's not even embarrassing. 
it was BLJ, aka B dot thirty three. Oh, okay, that's a little worse. Like, yeah, yeah. I felt like, for some reason, I felt like you had to know that I was going by also known as as well. So, oh yeah, oh that's way worse. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> I feel better. <laughs> I was like, I thought I thought it was just three letters and a number. I'm like, that's not even that. There's people that still have that. That's simple. No, uh, fifth grade was a was a weird year for me. But um, <laughs> are we gonna get into MySpace songs next? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> to uh, go back to the favorite athlete can- uh, question, all time I would probably have to go with Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, you're baseball too. Just based off the fact that I didn't really like baseball. But I grew up with him, and he made me want to play. Like, I had the little fake wooden bat that had the Ken Griffey signature on it and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, my Twitter name now is Penn Griffey Jr. Yeah, uh, I just pun- realized that when you were saying this. I was like, it's not your Twitter yeah. name? <laughs> uh, a, ter- a terrible pun on his name, but I'll I'll keep it going strong just because I love him so much. So I still have a Griffey jersey, so he's That's he's my choice. guy. That's a good choice. So I live in Seattle now, so he uh, he was – he has like got inducted into the Hall of Fame this year, so he's kind of was it was the Ken Griffey Jr. resurgence this year. So, yeah, yeah. Well, hey man, this was a lot of fun, um, and really, we're just kind of waiting till the season now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, we'll actually, I'd like to have you back on sometime. So you, um, this was fun. So I'm sure we'll talk more throughout the season. Um, thank you for coming on, and. Uh, yeah, we, like I said, your what we just said it. Your Twitter handle is Pen Griffey. What is it, Pen Griffey Junior? That's it, right? It's Pen Griffey underscore Junior. Yeah, that's Pen it. Pen Griffey underscore Junior. You got a piece up on Abrinas. You're gonna have a forecast coming out soon. Um, is there anything else we need to mention? Uh, I'm all over the place. I have you know articles on B-ball breakdown. Oh, yeah. uh, new site on that's called smallball.com that just launched. Check that out. Uh, I'm I'm basically everywhere. So when, if you hit the follow on Penn Griffey Jr., you'll see it all right there in the bio. But definitely wanted to give a shout out to those two. They're definitely you know places I will be contributing often as well. Bebop breakdown. That's our boy Snotty. He's come on here a couple times. So oh uh, yeah, yeah, gotta love Snotty. I gotta have him come back on too. But uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you again, and um, we will be talking to you throughout the year. And thank you everybody for listening. And we will. Hopefully be back next week. I'm going to start doing this more consistently again. Thanks, everybody.